Yo, this is Dre Murray, and you are tuned in to the Creative Sheep Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Creative Sheep Podcast, the podcast where we talk to people who are good at what they do to inspire leaders to get better. Folks, my name is Jared Hogue and texting across the table from me is Roman Johnson. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's great to be here. I was not texting. Oh. I was checking my email. Oh, well, what's the difference? <laughs> what's the difference? Uh, Roman, what a beautiful day today. It, it is, is a beautiful. It's a little bit actually toasty where we're recording right the, now. The studio is a little hot today, there's but it's sun, beautiful outside. There's sun streaming in from the studio windows. Yes. And it is uh, making me sweat a little bit on my back. Sorry, is too much information? Maybe just a tad. <laughs> Maybe just a tad. Uh, folks, we're super excited that you're here with us today. This is episode 38 of the Creative Sheep Podcast. You know, the number 38 is very significant. Tell me why. I don't. I was gonna make something <laughs> funny up, but I don't know. It's really not. Gotcha. Not I thought you like really had something no, there. Um, I don't know. You know, I wish we we should we should start pulling out the biblical meaning of each number we when should. we set up an episode. It could be its own segment. Yeah, the biblical meaning of this episode, but then it might not tie, and then it could get weird. It's Let's, really it's not a great idea. not a great idea. Let's just move on, folks. We've got a great interview for you today with Dre Murray. Dre uh, Murray is a good friend. He is a great friend of Creative Sheep. We have done. Uh, two to three songs with him yep. uh, as Creative Sheep. We've done some other work with him besides those songs. We'll link to those in the show notes. He is a uh, a rapper. Hip hopster. A, is that a MC. Thing? An MC. He's a, he's a pretty incredible writer. Uh, he's been working lately on some like worship projects, yeah. uh, infusing hip hop into worship. And it has been crazy. I don't awesome. know if our listeners know this about you and I, but we are 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 fans of hip hop. We are huge fans. They of probably hip-hop. do know that. We've probably talked about it many times. You are actually a professional rapper. I have been paid. Currency I, has been exchanged for the services delivered, which was rap music. That's valid. I am an aspiring professional <laughs> rapper. I've not been paid you for have, the services yeah, rendered. Yep. Uh, but Dre Murray. But Dre Murray is on the show, who is a professional rapper. Yes. Uh, and a very good one at that. It was great to have him on the show. We're talking about his creative process, how he writes, how he comes up with what he comes up with. Uh, it's pretty fascinating. And plus, just kind of hearing his thoughts on hip hop and, and all that kind of thing. And once again, I'd like to talk to all the leaders out there that uh, wisdom is everywhere. Remember, Proverbs talks about how wisdom is everywhere. It stands on the street corner and cries out. So even if hip hop may not be your thing, I guarantee you there's something you can learn from this conversation. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, Roman, this is again, it's episode 38, if I can talk today. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a great show with Dre Murray. But before we jump into that, Roman, once again, yeah. what is this show brought to you by? Jared, I'm really glad you asked. It's brought to you by creativesheep.org. Oh, tell me more. And uh, let's say I'm a small church, okay? You're a small church. Let's say I'm a small church just starting out. Yeah. I don't have a whole, my, I don't have a creative team right. to do videos and, and design and stuff like that. But there is a solution. And it's creativecheap.org. Uh, you want a countdown? You want a series? You want to start a, a teaching series, but you don't know what to teach on? Go to creativesheep.org. We've got ideas. We've got series packs. You can uh, hit them up and, and, and get it for the fraction of, of what you would pay. What if I need something for Thanksgiving or Christmas? Hey, if you need something for Thanksgiving or Christmas, we got you covered, Jared. I'm glad you asked that. Yeah. We've got, uh, dare I say, Buku's amounts of content for Thanksgiving and Christmas and pretty much every other major holiday. What if I'm no longer a small church and I've grown to become a medium-sized church or even a large church? Jared, here's the thing. It doesn't matter. It still translates small church, medium-sized church, large church. It works across the board because we keep our, our we have our standards high. Our quality standards are high. Very high. Uh, I make, we, our, our team makes this stuff for our high standards yes. of a big blowout service. And so it'll work at a big service, it'll work at a small service, it'll work all over the place. So head over to creativesheep.org to check out all of these bukus of content. Uh, Check it out there. Or if you need some help making something custom, we can help you out there too. Once again, over at creativesheep.org. And Roman, I think without further ado, let's get to today's conversation with Dre Murray. Yeah, sitting sideways in a two-go. Me and Lil Mike bumping too low. Then again, man, maybe it was too short. Regardless, we know the money coming too slow. Me and my big cousin got big dreams. Wanna touch the wood grain when I'm 16. You and your partners in the AMC 16. I'm in my partner's new machine with the big screen. I like put me on the stage of the big screen. Dre Murray, 
my man, my friend. We've we've known each other for yes, some time sir. now. Uh, it is an absolute honor to have you on the show today. Thanks for taking time, man. Yeah, I, I appreciate you for having me, man. This is uh, it's sure to be awesome, as it's always awesome with you, whether we're dressing up as, as uh, I don't know, dinosaurs or, or uh, it's been a lot of creative moments with you, so I'm, <laughs> I'm expecting nothing but great thing. Have we dressed up as dinosaurs together? I was saying, not a dinosaur. I said dinosaur, but it was Sasquatch. You're dressed as, oh, that's as, as right. Sasquatch. That's what it was. That's yeah, right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Uh, man, I, I, you know, I wrote down some of the projects we've worked on together and I totally forgot about that one. Um, but dude, that, yeah. that was a good one. That was a really good one. That was kind of a spur of the moment, kind of like, that wasn't really like a project I worked on. It was just me just being, there. yeah, it was yeah. The, the watch thing. Yeah. yeah. We did a, a rap video for, uh, slap watch, the OU slap watch. Yes. And you came out and were in the video with us and I, I was Sasquatch. So folks, hopefully that'll yes, be in the were. show notes. Uh, and you can check out my sick dance moves. Uh, and Dre, uh, you make a face in that video that is outstanding. Your reaction. Really? Uh, yeah, dude. It's toward the beginning of the video. Yeah, we're definitely going to have to drop this in the show notes. So Jan, if you will put that in the show notes, that would be incredible. Um, folks, check that out. It's going to be the OU Slap Watch video. Dre, let's, let's let these folks in on uh, where were you born and raised? I was born and raised in Houston, Texas, the, the south side of Houston, Texas, to be exact. So, welcome to H-Town. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, that one's straight from the heart. <laughs> That's straight from the heart. Yeah. Um, except Absolutely, it's prettier yeah. than when I just sang it. Uh, yeah, the person that sang it did a, did a much <laughs> Oh, man, I thought you were going to bail me out right there. Just nothing. No, I got to keep it honest, man. You're my friend. I gotta keep it on. <laughs> I respect that. I respect that. That was on. Uh, was that on Hell's Paradise two or one? Your the mixtape you did there. Uh, well, it, it, there was. It was on Hell's Paradise one, and then we did a remix uh, on Hell's Paradise two, um, which featured Lecrae, That's and right. then eventually, yeah, eventually Lecrae flipped it for his mixtape and uh, added Tadashi on it. So it was um, Tadashi, myself, and Lecrae, and then Von Juan is singing on the, on the chorus. Dude, that's awesome. How did you, how did you meet, yeah, man. how did you meet Lecrae? Um, through, through that, that song is how I got to like meet him personally. Um, but because of the, the Hell's Paradise, um, mixtape or just series that we had, my producer with, um, he kind of, because, you know, he was making the music, for it, he kind of some kind of way ended up in that circle where he was doing a few things for some of the guys within Reach's circle and and they started uh, a lot of them you know were fans of the music um and he heard uh Hell's Paradise 1 I believe and so for the Welcome to Ace Town remix Lecrae's originally from Houston and a lot of people I didn't I didn't think that a lot of people knew that so I wanted somebody from Houston on it, or their, their original version had a independent artist, a female singer on it as well from Houston that people knew. And so I just, um, well, Wit suggested it that I reach out. I reached out to, to him like through Twitter because he had started following me on Twitter. Um, and that's back when you had to follow somebody to DM him. So <laughs> I was glad that he was following me. Right. So I DM'd him and I let him know the concept and that it wasn't just me trying to, you know, be thirsty and get somebody with a name on it like I really felt like he was the person that should be on it um and it made it just made sense it was like perfect timing and he he agreed and he said he was the first person to send back a feature for that project like he didn't drag his feet he emailed me like when he was recording it like this is this is crazy I love this and then the the following February that was like in the spring of 2011 i believe the feb february of 2012 he came to tulsa and uh he did a show at the navy center on tour and he invited me out and we were backstage with him and whatnot and uh his drummer uh grew up blocks from from my house in in houston we were from the same neighborhood wow. and so we kind of had that in common and then we just started building from there and then he asked me to use Welcome to H-Town uh, on his mixtape. 
and that's that's the, probably the main reason why he brought me or asked me to come to the show is because he wanted to, you know, he wanted to get permission to, to use the song and, and whatnot. And so yeah, so that was the, that was the first time I saw him in person uh, was here in, in Tulsa actually at the Maybe Center. Yeah, so that's cool, man. Now, you uh, would you label yourself as a hip hop artist or a rapper? Um. I really don't even think about those terms like that, but I would I would say just because it has artists in it, I, w- I would say hip hop artists. And um, because like hip hop is a you know it, it started as a as a culture where rap was the music from mm. from hip hop, you know, and then and fashion was included in that. And you had uh, but then there's certain elements like key elements, so like you know DJ and graffiti breakdancing yeah uh et cetera et cetera m c and um and you know so i would i would think that out of that out of hip hop i'm I'm an artist to where there's certain different things that that I can do within within the culture. My life accepting my plight, believing in your lies. But it didn't add up, divided truth, deception multiplies. My eyes, my eyes, he reached down and grabbed the mud. I cried, I cried when I understood his love. Then my crying turned to laughter. But you know, here, let, let's jump to this. One thing with uh, such a cutthroat industry, and here, here you are, you've done several mixtapes, released a couple albums. Um, and man, I would even say, we've talked about this before, Christian hip-hop can be, at least like when I was growing up, there were a couple dudes that were pretty good, uh, and that makes mm-hmm. me feel old saying like when I was growing up, but uh, <laughs> there were a couple dudes that were pretty good, but then like, you know, the most of it was most of it was pretty hokey, and like, like it just wasn't very good, you know? Um, yeah. But nowadays, like there's actually some good dudes, and I would put you in that category, like you're, you're, you're really good. Um, you've definitely got the skills for this. And so I, just out of curiosity though, like with what you've been doing with the, the journey that you've been on for, man, when did you actually, let's, let's answer this first. When did you start your, your hip hop career? Um, my career as an actual, like something that I was like, okay, this is this, I want to take this seriously. Um, I mean the well. I'll say this: the journey for me started when I was around. As far as trying to make it a career, I was around twelve years old. Wow! And I say that like I, I wrote when I was eight. I was in the fourth grade uh, when I was eight, and I did a um, a uh, dare pro. You remember the dare program? Yeah. Nancy Reagan's dare program about drugs. I did a rap about about that and. Um, and so at that time I was just kind of like playing around with it. Uh, but I, I love music period. But then around 12 years old, my cousin, my older cousin, um, his dad had a lot of old equipment and we used to just take his equipment and find instrumentals and, and just, you know, rap them. We would create like full length projects, uh, where we would just, we would, you know, we would write for months at a time. And then when it was time for me to like, spend the, the weekend with him, we would spend the whole night like recording everything that we had wrote. So we would have like 10 to 12 songs, you know, over instrumentals that we found. And so that's when it started for me. And then uh, Houston was a big independent record label city. Like there were a lot of people starting movements within the city. So the major label situation and me getting signed to somebody wasn't really an idea in my head early on. Like I, I would have... I wouldn't have mind being signed, but I always had the idea in my head, like we can start our own company, like at 12, 13 years old, like this is how we were thinking. Um, and so that's, you know, I remember having kids in my house after we watched crisscross, um, jump video yeah, <laughs> and like having a meeting about, we got to start this, you know, crew, this label, whatever. And, so it, it started for me like there, 12, 13 years old. And then I, around 19 in college, uh, I started selling music when I was about 19 years old. I actually started going to like studios, paying for studio time, uh, pressing up my own, you know, albums, whether it was burning CDs or whatever. And I started selling 
selling CDs around campus. And then from there, it just, it, it took off. And then, you know, um, you know, once God came in, the, well, he was always in the, in the picture once I was awakened to what was really the truth and what was a lie, you know, my messaging started to change and I got hooked up with, you know, a few churches in the area. And then that's when I started doing live performances, um, more so. And, and yeah, it took, it took off from there for my college, my college years. Man, that's awesome. And there's a lot, of, a lot I want to dive into there. So, uh, who would you say were some people that were like super inspiring to you as that 12, 13 year old kid, or even, even as you go up into college, like who is the most inspirational to you in terms of hip hop? Um, when, when I was 12 or 13, there were some, like I said, Houston was big on the independent scene. And so there was a lot of, um, like there's a scene, you know, was, screw music was big. There was a DJ called DJ screw and it's like slowed down music. And all they did was just like, off the top of their heads they would just rap and um so that that was a played a huge part as far as being an independent and just like releasing content like it was kind of like what people do now where they're just always releasing content like they were just constantly releasing content and that that had a huge effect on me to always be recording and always be doing um doing my art and then uh, my brother around that time my older brother He's a middle brother. He's older than me. He um, he encouraged me. Like he would read my raps in my notebook, and would just you know encourage me to keep doing. And he would tell me when I was getting better. And he really pushed me to like take it seriously and, and tell me that I had a voice. Um, and then once I got into college, um, you know, of course, like the the main MCs that were out at the time. You know, Jay Z, Nas, that such and such. They they influenced me uh, to write a certain way. Um, but then once I, you know, like I said, I was awakened to what was the truth. That I realized that there was this thing called Christian hip hop, and there were certain artists like there was a guy named New Wine from Houston um, that really that really uh, influenced me. There was um. um he probably was the biggest, he probably was the biggest influence on me, just because, especially since he was from Houston. And my oldest brother at that time, too, he, he was into Christian hip-hop, so he really played a part in pushing me that way. Um, so, yeah, I would, I would definitely point to, I actually met him, too, New Wine, and he crushed my dreams when I first met, when I first met him, but uh, he definitely had a huge influence on me, even though he, he, like, snatched the wind out of me when I first, when I first met him. But he he pushed me to keep you know keep going to get better for sure. Was it when you say he snatched the wind out of your sails? Was that just kind of the thing like he was like, man, it's a tough industry, or like <laughs> was it just straight nah. like you gotta you gotta work harder, or, or what was the what was it that took the wind out of your sails? Man, I was a I think I was I was either a senior in high school or I was a freshman in college, and and my like I said, my older brother was into the Christian hip hop CD. He had gotten saved and he dove head first in and I came home and he took me to a concert and um, I was really struggling with whether or not I wanted to do like one of the main things that kept me from like submitting to God fully was I was like, I rap and there's no rap. Like, how am I supposed to reconcile? Like, how am I supposed to do, you know, rap music and be a Christian? Like, I didn't understand that. And I'm young in my mind, mind you. So like the, you know, it was a, a crazy um, thought to have at that time. That was the only thing I was worried about. But still, that was something that was important to me. And he took me to a New Wine concert, and I recorded like one of my first like songs that was had you know spiritual aspects to it, and it was it was something I was proud of. And it was on tape, cassette tape, and I took it and. Afterwards, my brother was like, you know, this is my little brother. We bought some merchandise, first of all. And then he was like, you know, this is my little brother. I was wondering if you're looking for anybody on your label. Can you take a listen to his tape? And he didn't even like, like you know how some people would, you know, I'll listen to it. We're not looking for anything right now, but uh, at least I, I'll listen to it. Like, he didn't even take the tape. He was just like, no, nah, I'm not looking for anything right now. Like, <laughs> you know, we got our artists and I can't really. And it was kind of like, one, <laughs> I like, you know, 
for for a minute, for for a long while actually, I used that as fuel to kind of run in the opposite <laughs> in the opposite direction. Um because I felt like he should have at least taken the time to, to listen to my music. But as I got older and it really started to to look at the situation for what it was, that actually helped me to to get better and then also to make sure that I, I can do this thing independently. Like I'm not dependent on someone else to yeah. put out my music. Yeah. So So when you say you ran in the opposite direction, like that gave you the fuel to push harder on hip hop. Right. And, and and I say the opposite because, like I said, that was, for me in my young mind, the deciding factor. I, I, I honestly believe I had the thought in my mind that if he said no to me, that it was a sign that I don't need to, you know, even worry about the God thing, just run the other way. And um, so it actually, for a time, pushed me the other way, like, you know, you know, I'm not even listening to I'm not listening to new one. I'm not listening to Christian rap and I'm I'm for sure not worried about living living out, you know, living a Christian life. I really didn't even know what know what that uh, knew I didn't know what that meant at the time, really. You know what I'm saying? I didn't yeah. understand it. But in my young mind I thought that that was a sign uh that I shouldn't <laughs> that I shouldn't be living a you know, the life that I'm living now. So For sure, for sure. Uh Man, who, uh, I guess let me, let me ask you this question. How, how do you feel like you separate yourself from other artists out there? Um, just what, what differentiates me from other artists or, yeah. or what I do consciously to separate myself? You know, either one, I, I just, especially in the music industry, it can be so cutthroat, so dog eat dog and, just right. what do you what do you feel like you do? What do you bring to the table that says, "Man, this is this is why Dre Murray is different than the other guys out there, or the mm-hmm. other ladies out there." Yeah, I think that as far as what um, what other people have have said, um, and what I'm starting to see that that actually separates me, like. You know, from an artistic standpoint, I feel like it's just my storytelling. Um, like I, I grew up loving stories. You know, writing poetry, and um, I really, I think conceptually. So, you know, whether it be a word or whether it be like, for instance, with Hell's Paradise one, uh, when I really was starting to get to know wit he would send me music or send me beats and they would have names, certain names to them. And the majority of that project, uh, the titles of the songs were the titles of the beat. I just took the name and made a concept out of it. And Mm. you know what I mean? And told a story based off of that particular concept. And some of the stories were true, uh, but I just fit the story, you know, matched it up with the, with the, the title of the beat and made a concept out of it. Um, so I think that's a strength of mine. And when I'm in that, in that pocket, when I'm doing that, um, I'm completely different from, you know, so many other artists. It's, it's something I feel like I'm, ble- I've been blessed with as a gift to do. Um, and then consciously, I just, I feel like I make a, an effort, a conscious, a conscious effort to, um, to tell my truth and to really, because I feel like our, our truths are, our our journey, the journey that we're on as human beings, not just, you know, as a Christian, but as a human being, I feel that people um, of all walks of life gravitate towards that, you know, whether they be white, black, red, green, whatever. Um, if they're living this human experience, we all feel the same things. We feel the same emotions. So um, I just try to stick to that and try not to create songs, just, you know, generic material or, things that um anybody else could do like i try to stick to things that are very personal because i feel like those are the things that people gravitate towards the most or they feel the most you're looking at my heart it screams i'm not sure about this plan they say you hung up on the cross let them pierce the hand of god just to save my sinful hands forgiveness so good it's hard to understand I was blind to the outcome, not concerned with the input, ignorance where the doubt's from, so I carry what's input. 
perfectly on my shoulders. Weight so heavy, I swear it's a hundred boulders. Assistance sends on me, but I wanna be your soldier. I'm ready now. I wanna ride the waves, but tides are steady now. Can you show me how? So tired of running. I'm tired of running. Strike the match until it's more than lit. Got a glimpse of what you call the kingdom. I want more of it. I wanna walk it out. Live out what they wrote about. Let the fire burn or where the turn is no controlling it. My life is in those same pierced hands. Let's jump down the road of, uh, well, let's tackle this. Who, who's someone you would love to work with in the future? Um, that's a great question. Um, it's always hard for me because, like, I'm not the type of artist that, like, some of my friends can sit down and create an album and, and they just say, before they even record anything, they're like, I'm going to get, this person, this person, and this person on the on the project. And for me, I think one of the reasons why like Lecrae actually did the feature with me was because I didn't come to the project, you know, b- before the music was created and say, I want to work with this person and that person. Um, it was based off of what the music was saying. So that's why it's kind of hard for me because, it would, you know, the song would have to be created and I would really have to feel like that person, whether, you know, whoever it is, um, that they they would fit on the song um but if if i had my choice my pick i don't even think it would be a rapper um i would say somebody like um there's a folk artist by the name of william fitzsimmons who i absolutely like love his writing style his uh inflections and his voice just uh, the minimalist approach that he takes to like his music and just his honesty in his music. Uh, I would love to like sit down with him and, and really do something. Um, and then if I, if, if it was a rapper, I would, I would probably say, um, I would probably say most deaf, mm. uh, would probably be somebody that I yeah. would want to work with. And I don't even know if it would be just like on some, let's make a song type stuff, but I would love to just talk to him mm. like in a studio and really vibe and vibe with him. Um, and then probably Pharrell too. I would, I would love mm. to like get to, to be in almost did a mixtape called the night I met Pharrell with all Pharrell beats, <laughs> um, which was crazy. And, and it just so happens like I narrated a documentary that Pharrell was in. And I was like, man, I'm like that. I'm like that close. One person removed from him right now uh, to where that could actually happen, which is pretty, pretty crazy. So Pharrell or Mostaf, if you're listening, uh, Dre would love to to do to work with you. So since you listen to the Creative Sheet podcast, uh, you can just hit him up. We'll give his contact info at the end of the show. Um, uh, man, those are some those are some amazing artists for sure. Um, and uh, man, being that close to on that Pharrell deal, like that you can basically taste it. That's just crazy. Um, yeah. So, uh, man, let's jump in and talk about your writing style a little bit more here. Let's let's talk about kind of your creative process. So this is the Creative Sheet podcast. Um, one of the things we like to talk about is creativity. And um, one of the things I love is, the, and, and we talk about this quite a bit, whether on our blog or, or whatever else, but just how creativity is not art. Creativity is problem solving. And that anyone out there that's listening, uh, you are creative in some form or fashion. I was the person that always thought I was not creative because I, I couldn't design or paint or draw or anything like that. Um, and, and, uh, and I guess just kind of going down this road, Dre, I just love, I love uh, what Proverbs says, that wisdom is everywhere. It stands on the street corner and cries out. And so I think whether yeah. whether you're a hip hop artist hip hop artist or not, I, I I know that there's something we can learn from your your story here. And so let's let's dive in a little bit to your creative process. That when you are writing, okay. um, I know you mentioned like the Hell's Paradise mixtape that you did with Wit. And so are, are those on Spotify? I'm sure they're on iTunes still. Um, are they- um, there is there's a few songs on on Spotify, but for the most part, they're just on SoundCloud. 
Okay, okay. So you can find it on SoundCloud if you just look for, uh, is it Wit and Dre Murray is the, it's not Dre Murray and Wit, it's Wit and Dre Murray. Right, right, right. So if you search for it there, both of them, both of those mixtapes are are super dope. So go check those out for sure. And we can link to that in the show notes. Um, But man, let's, let's talk about your writing process here for a little bit. Um, And different people write different ways. I'm just curious for you, like what, what's your starting point? Um, Do you, uh, like in the questions I sent over to you, I've heard before, like Joel Houston, the, the dude that's known for a lot of Hillsong's music. Uh, he got, he got held up. He got mugged, I think in New York one time. And he was like pleading with the mugger to not take his phone because he had like thousands of ideas for songs on his phone. Um, and, and I think, I think there's a lot of artists that do something similar to that. Maybe not exactly like that. And I'm just curious for you, like in your writing process, do you have, uh, whether just thoughts in your mind, like, and I'm still talking a lot here, but like Jay-Z supposedly doesn't write. Um, like he just, he, right. he, for him, he would ride his bike around as a kid. And um, while he's riding his bike, he couldn't write anything. And so he got really good at just memorizing things and working through things just in his mind or I'm sure verbally processing. Um, and so I'm curious for you, like, how does that start? Do you have like inspiration that you pull from? Is it just like all of a sudden a spark of inspiration hits and you got to grab a pen um, like what, what triggers your creative process? Um, there's, there's tons of different things, man. Um, I believe in the older I get, I believe in capitalizing on the, the creative like spurts and not necessarily like, like some people will, um, they'll force themselves, you know, to, to write a song. And so I feel like, you know, it, I get inspiration from a lot. Just walking outside, I'll get inspiration. But when, when I do get that inspiration, I need to either, you know, write something down to capture the moment or I, I like, you know, you said, uh, Joe uh, does, I'll, I'll, you know, take out my iPhone and, and hum something into uh, the audio recorder or, you know, uh, I remember before the iPhone and everything was around, I used to, when I first got married, I used to call the house and tell my wife not to answer the phone and rap in over the, the answer machine or, you know, <laughs> make <awesome>. certain <laughs> notes, <laughs> make certain notes over the answer machine. So they would be like, I think we still have that answer machine. I might've deleted some of those, but they're like tons of messages with me, just like with random ideas for songs and people would hear it and just crack up laughing. But, um, but the older I get, I realize when those spurts happen uh, and a lot of times early morning for me, um, or midday, like, you know, to today, if I'm outside walking around, I might see something that sparks an idea. Um, it may be something on TV that I see something that, you know, someone said that might spark an idea. So it just depends on, on what it is, but the key is whenever that happens, I have to capture the moment because if, if I don't, then, you know, that's one of the worst feelings in the world when you know you had a great idea and then you didn't, you didn't write it down, you didn't do anything. And then, you know, a day later, you're trying to remember how it goes and you can't get it exactly like you had it. That's like the worst. So I, I, I've learned from, from that. And, you know, you might go through my phone and hear all kind of uh, gibberish <laughs> that they may not make any sense, but to me, it makes sense. Um, and, and, you know, one day I know that I'll probably use it. There was a lot of things I did with Wit. There were like, you know, ideas we had from two years prior um, that were used and became some of the biggest songs that we've ever done. So, you know, you just got to capture capture the moment when the inspiration hits you. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so just to put you on the spot here, are there any bits of inspiration rolling around your head that you want to leave on the creative sheet podcast that you can draw back on next time you need them? <laughs> um, you have to explain what you mean, because that can mean a number of, a number of different things. What, you, what, what you do know, you mean? Just if, just if you want to freestyle or, uh, you, you just wherever the Lord leads you really. Um, yeah. <laughs> 
Um, I wasn't planning on having you freestyle acapella, uh, but I, I don't have any beats here to play for you. And so I, I just, oh, just if anything you want to drop on us here, just for, just for the creative sheep audience, it's like, uh, it's like MTV unplugged. That's still a thing, right? I'm not, I'm not missing it out here. Um, <laughs> um I don't know, man. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'll come back to that one. I'll come back to that one. Yeah, let's, let's come back to that. I'll hit you up here in just a second. I'm sure you can scroll through your phone and okay. find something to give us give us a taste <laughs> hey, of some I'm Dre sorry. Dre Murray. No, no need. No need to be sorry. I put you on the spot right there. Um. So okay, so you get the the wave of inspiration hits and. Uh, so you start to process, you call and leave a message or record it into the voice recorder on your phone. Um, right. And then from there, what happens? Uh, do you look, does the next step for you, is it finding the beat? Is it getting a pen and pad and starting to write down? Or are you more of a verbal processor where you just kind of start working something through, um, uh, just kind of muttering it or, or even just getting in the studio and kind of working through it? What, what's the next step for you? Yeah, the next step for me is definitely definitely the music. Um and and you know, whenever whenever I get the music, whatever the music is saying, I usually can reference without scrolling through my phone, I usually know like, oh, I know I have something for that. Sometimes I have to scroll through and, and try to find something or you know, I take that back. Like it doesn't always start with the music because I can recall times where I've just been in the studio sitting down and I'll scroll to my phone and know that I have something. Uh, and then I'll go and look for the beat to, to match it up. But majority of the time it takes, uh, it takes, you know, the beat to pull something out of me. So then I'll, I'll go and find there's so many songs I've done where it's, it started from, you know, whether it be through my phone or whether it be on paper, like, two lines that I've written down, you know, maybe a, a year ago or six months ago, whatever, uh, that I never thought that I would use. And then it, you know, those two lines take off and they become an entire song, uh, based on, you know, the beat telling me, telling me which way to go. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's usually how it happens. And when that, when it happens like that, nine times out of 10, the song is going to be amazing. Um, I feel like that's when like you really, because like I said, you capitalize on those moments of inspiration and you think that it's like not something when you, you know, you capture it and you write down two lines, but that's the start of something great. And it may, it may be years down the line. It may be months down the line before you use it. But usually because you took the time to like capture that, that's the seed. And, and I'm telling you, like it, it, Nine times out of ten, nine times out of ten, it's happened to me to where that, that turns out to be like some of my best work um, because I felt something at at a particular time. Man, that's really cool. I love that. That it, it's something that uh, Whit George talks about a lot. Of he's the one I actually heard tell that Joel Houston story of the mugger, and um, he's he makes the comment like, "Man, how many of us have thousands of anything when it comes to ideas?" And yep. I love hearing you say like how important it is to to take note of those moments of inspiration and that they may not come back to use for six months or two years, um, but or or maybe even longer in in some cases. But where where would you say like if you if you didn't take the time to jot those down, like what do you think that would have done to your career? Oh man, I wouldn't have any content whatsoever because. Um, People used to, you know, before I really, even before the Hell's Paradise stuff, a lot of people would hit me up to feature on their songs. And, and one of the ways that I gained a following was because of, and I still practice that to this day, was the amount of songs that I was on. Um, but people would be like, man, you know, you you turn around verses really quick. They weren't used to that, uh, which it takes me a whole lot longer now because you know, this is before I had kids and all sure, <laughs> but sure. it was just me and my wife. But um, at the time, it was just like I had so many verses and so many ideas that 
somebody sent me a beat and they had the concept, there's chances are I had something that would match it. And I would just, they could send me something and I could record it right then, send it back to them in the next 20 minutes. And they're blown away because it's like, man, like, you know, did you just do this? Like, what's, and so, you know, for me, that built, that built, helped me build the following that I have today was just being somebody that was always ready to rap. Um, you know, I can remember actually like a church did a battle <laughs> of all things one time. This guy wanted to battle me and he ran out of rhymes and I had, I had so many rhymes and I, <laughs> and these are rhymes that I had for, you know, a while that some of my friends had heard, but, and it, I had one in particular that like fit him to the T and, and it really like, I saw at that moment, like the power in just having content, like always having something on deck yeah, uh, is, is important. Yeah. Man, I, I referenced to Carlos Whitaker was on the show uh, uh, a while back. And one of the things he talked about is it, he, he does the same thing you do, not necessarily for, for rap purposes, but just ideas. And so whenever he's sitting in a creative meeting, He's throwing out ideas left and right, but it's because he files stuff away. He dumps it into his Evernote, and he's like, dudes are over right. there Googling on their computer trying to come up with stuff where he is basically his own Google because he continues to file stuff away so that he's prepared when he goes into these meetings. Um, and, right. And so yep. I, I love what you're saying right there. And one of the things I want to jump on, too, that you said just a second ago was that the, those one or two lines can be something amazing. And I just think that's so true that uh, just the spark of an idea, the things that have grown into amazing things um, usually start that way. You don't have the clearest of pictures, but it's the start of something. And then it's, it's the grind and the work to get it there. Um, Starting with those one or two lines, does that kind of ring true with your career? Yeah, I I can, um, case in point, there's a song on the We Live as Kings album. I was in a group called We Live as Kings. Um, and, you know, we had the number one gospel album on Billboard. We had the number one hip-hop album on iTunes for almost a week. And the one of the top songs on that project, um, you know, has been streamed tons of times, has been sold tons of times, was a song called Arena. And it's a sample from Hillsong. I forgot the name of the, the song, so don't put me on the spot. But we cleared, you know, we cleared the sample through Hillsong. But before beforehand, um, Wit had sent me this. This was like when we the Reach stuff and Lecrae stuff. You know, we had a relationship, and Lecrae was starting to work on his next project. And um, I wasn't even signed to you know Collision Records or anything. And which sent me this beat. I rapped over it. Just one verse. One verse, no hook. And he sent it to Lecrae uh, to, you know, to try to land it on his project with my verse on it. Well, he, you know, he didn't take it. And that one verse and that beat sat there for two years. And when I got signed, uh, before my album came out, I decided to start releasing songs every Monday. And, um, I pulled up this song, the, the one, you know, the beat in the verse and I finished it. Um, but I still didn't have a chorus on it. It was just three verses now in, in the beat. And I, uh, I asked the record label for, to do design a cover for me, which they were doing every month before the Monday came around and we were releasing them called Murray Mondays. And um, I sent the song over to him and the label was like, especially the head of the label was like, you're putting this out for free. He's like, what are you doing? And I was like, yeah, I'm just going to, you know, just put it out for free, whatever. And, and it's Murray Monday. And he was like, nah, nah, this has to go on Weed and His Kings. Um, and, you know, uh, the the singer in the group, the guy that, that did a lot of our courses, he, wrote a hook a chorus to it and, and sang the song and then it turned into like you know people request that song now whenever we go places and and you know do shows if we don't do it it would be something would be missing and you know like i said that 
it came out in 2013. I think I recorded that, like I said, in 2011, the, the verse and, and the beat. So, you know, it was just an idea and it turned into something that, you know, it's been streamed thousands and thousands of times, been, you know, sold thousands and thousands of times. And on the, you know, the number one gospel album in the country. They came to see me. I want them seeking you. The world's a microscope. They watching everything I do. Everything I say. Every set I play. I got my head down praying I don't go straight. That I never fall. That I never turn. See lightning strike. Crash and burn. I'm in this airplane. Dodging the clouds. On this narrow path. Dodging the crowds. Running from trends. Seeing my friends turn to enemies. They slither like centipedes. 100 problems, but he left 99 just to find me. Yeah, I was a blind sheep. 98 on the freeway. I love, though, just having that stuff, having it sitting on the shelf, and you never know what, what could or what's going to happen with it. I think that's, I think that's amazing. Um, yep. You know, one of the things, one of the things that uh, really no matter what you do, uh, as a leader, as a as an artist, um, as any kind of problem solver at all, is to constantly fill ourselves up um, and through different means. And so, for you, I'm curious what that looks like. Um, do you just listen to a ton of music? Uh, or, and I know you mentioned earlier, inspiration comes from walking outside, watching a show, watching a movie. It comes from all kinds of things, but. Um, do you make it a point to, as an artist, as specifically a musical artist, to just fill yourself with tons and tons of music? No, really. <laughs> I think, I, yeah, the complete opposite for me. Um, music to me, right, especially now, is is not in, inspiring at at all. Um, I probably pull from music. I was going to give it a low, low number, but that's probably zero inspiration. Um, you know, for me artistically right now from, from other, from other music, the, the newer stuff, um, there may be something, you know, old and, you know, that has this nostalgic effect on me that I go back and, and, and visit that may push me to, to, to do something. But right now, the, I listen to interviews, podcasts like yours. I listen to, um, you know, business, uh, you know, interviews or, or content that's on online. Um, that's why I draw my inspiration from now. Just and you know, like I said, walking, walking outside and, and talking to people. And, you know, I really don't. Music is just everything sounds the same right now. Like it's so uninspiring <laughs> to, to listen to, to anything right now. It's kind of like, I've heard that, you know, all before. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I don't listen to, I hardly probably 1% of like the stuff that I consume as far as content. And that's not an over, that's not an exaggeration. Like literally like 1% of it is music. Yeah. <clears throat> Man, I think, if that, if one percent, I think that's awesome though. Because to me, what that says is like, it, first off, the inspiration is anywhere. Like you just got to put right. yourself out there to find it. But in addition mm-hmm. to that, like especially as a musical artist, it can be easy to think like the only place you look is in music, when that couldn't be further no. from the truth for you. And so. Like it's truly a matter of putting yourself out there, find something, look, look in a different place maybe than you would normally look, but inspiration's out there waiting to be found. Just go find it. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's everywhere. The people around you right now, you can find some sort of inspiration from, from those people based. I mean, you have to communicate. I mean, that's, you know, it comes through communication. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and, and when I say that, I don't mean just verbal either. Like, you know, I'm not trying to get weird, but I mean, I can see uh, a painting. I can see a building, um, a car. I can see a watch. I can see all kind of things that where people put their uh, 
creative energies into it and it speaks to me like yeah. it it speak i can't really explain it but it it speaks to me like i saw a a bitly uh instagram ad the other day and it was just real simple but it was a guy the camera was like you know super far back and they were like the bitly was on the golden gate bridge and then they just zoomed in from far away and then landed right on the Bentley sign on the seat in the car. And that triggered something in my mind where I hit up my videographer, videographer and, and was like, man, this is crazy. And, and I want to do something like this. And that just started a chain of events in my, in my mind, that, you know, based off of a small Instagram ad. So, but that it spoke to me, you know what I mean? So it's, it's everywhere, man. Yeah. This is, this is another one of those things that wit talks about wit George talks about of keeping your radar up. And it's like you said, like for you, it was, it wasn't just a matter of, uh, oh, I saw that that was a cool ad. And then that was the end of it. Like you, like you said, your eyes were open. You were looking, maybe you weren't necessarily right. thinking like, man, what am I going to get out of this Bentley ad? But at the same time, when it did hit you, you took action on it and made note of it. Or like you said, you contacted your videographer. Um, and so I ultimately just like inspiration is there. Look for it. <laughs> Uh, just keep your yep. radar up. And if for a while you've got to ask that question of how can I use this, then do that. Yep. Um, so let me ask you this then. When you're, when you're uh, I guess just like when you get stuck creatively, what, what steps do you take to get unstuck? What do you do to help you get back in a groove? Because uh, maybe, you're, maybe you're unlike like me that you just seem to flow and everything's really fluid. But I know there's times for me yeah. where, where, uh, where I do get stuck. And so just for you, though, what, what does that look like? Like, how do you take steps to get unstuck? Yeah, I, I don't think I, like, consciously, I don't sit down and have a, a plan. But as I look back, um, as I get older, I'm just becoming more self-aware. And I think that as I look back just on a pattern, whenever I get stuck, I feel like immediately I start to look for other forms um, of creativity that, you know, I'm, I may not be privy to at, the, at that particular time, which is how I found podcasts, which is how I found certain, um, you know, online marketers and, and, you know, there's tons of different things where my wife would think I'm weird certain times because I'm maybe, um, you know, if I am listening to music, maybe I'm listening to, that's how I got into folk music. Like that's how I got into, you know, this certain, like super not the new country music but like the dirty old rugged country music like <clears throat> i'm just looking for creativity in different places because my thought is when i am really thinking about it or uh, i guess as i look back on it i can understand why i do it um but if i'm stuck you know if i'm stuck in this particular place what i'm doing right now is not helping so that's just going to keep me stuck Right. That's the reason why I am stuck. Um, so I have to go outside of where I am right now and find something else. Um, and I feel like that's what, you know, we're talking about music. I feel like that's where, especially like rap music, that's why we're stuck in the same places because nobody's going out. You know, I feel like, you know, a long time ago, you had artists like Outkast or for even Pharrell. We talked about Pharrell earlier. They went outside of everything that was going on and they found. Amen they found inspiration elsewhere, you know what I'm saying? I, I think you really need to, to get out and find it, get out of your comfort zone. You know what I mean? Go, go to, if you don't normally go to a museum, go to a museum. Uh, let, let art speak to you, you know, talk to somebody that doesn't necessarily look like you or, you know, that didn't grow up in the same environment that you grew up in. You might hear a story that will, inspire you that's what i like about podcasts because you hear so many stories from all walks of life and it's like man you know i can relate to that even though we didn't have the same journey so that's that's probably what i would say Ooh, that, the steps to take to, to get out of that that's good stuff right there that's really good stuff so let, let's shift gears just a little bit you you talk mainly about this style of writing was based around when um more based off the spark of inspiration where something hit you and then you built off that. Let's talk about, you've done a couple of songs uh, and you and I have talked a ton about this, but just uh, 
you did a couple of songs specifically for Church on the Move. Um, you did a, mm-hmm. a, a re- remix of Death in His Grave, uh, which we'll link to in the show notes. And then you also did a remix of Set a Fire, um, which we'll link to in the show notes. And um, both of those projects, I, and I, I wasn't privy to the process on those, but I'm assuming it was the church reached out to you saying, hey, we're wanting to remix these songs and basically give you a song and say, okay, now go write. Um, right. So how is that process different from the other process? Or are you still pulling from something that you had already been working on previously and you just pulled it out because for you, like this was just kind of a feature or is it more specific to like set a fire? Um, dude, the message in that song, the first time I heard it, I'm not a crier, but dude, after your verse just stood up and was worshiping and I do tears just running down my face. Like, um, uh, hip and looking at me, you would not think this, but like hip hop speaks to me more than any other kind of music. And so, um, it is not like I grew up and can identify with, with a lot of what gets talked about. I just, for whatever reason, it really strikes a chord with me. But anyways, you're like, those are two of my favorite worship songs of all time is your remix of Death in His wow. Grave and your remix of Set a Fire. And that, that one night I was, I was out mowing the lawn listening to Set a Fire, and that's when I texted you, and I was just like, dude, you need to do a worship album. Um, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, I remember that. And so, um, uh, anyways, is the process different on something like that when someone reaches out to you, or is it still a fairly similar process for you? Um, when, when someone at the caliber of you know artistically is like church in a move like i've been i've dealt with those songs are are different because i like i've been in the i was in the process for a while when i was asked to to do those things so i knew how you know like with death in his grave it was with um with uh with uh set of fire it was um that was joel hornstein to start uh, with wasn't it yeah it was joel Yeah. yeah yeah it was joel um, so I, but, but I mean, you know, it's the same, same thing though. Like yeah. I knew what to expect and, and, and I guess and actually, so let me I jump in never... on that real quick. Cause we actually, if you go back a little bit further, you had worked with church on the move quite a bit because you were, I mean, church on the move, one of the most famous things we've done is thriller Grinch, which would, there was you. Right. So you've, right. You've yeah. Been, that's... Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no, I was just gonna say, yeah, so I, I that relationship had been established and, and you know, Church of the Movies helped me with my creative process, um, and you know my writing for how I approach things, how the you know, the first take uh or the first draft isn't the one it may not be the one that we keep. Like, um they they really helped me to to understand that and so I can never approach anything that I do with church and a move from a standpoint of just, um, it's kind of, it may sound contradict contradictory to what, what I said earlier, but I, I can't scroll through my phone with when I'm working with church and a move. Um, and I'm, I'm basing that off of my personal experience and writing experience. Um, I've tried that, early on and it just it it didn't work because the vision was already so clear of what needed to take place does that make sense yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. like when wit when wit will lay out the vision it's like you know there's no questions this is what this is what he envisioned and so <clears throat> i i want to do the best job i can in you know communicating that through through what I'm doing. And so I, I can't just reach back and take the creative idea that I had because it's, it's not going to match up. So I start, I start from scratch and, um, you know, the set of fire piece. I love that. I love that song. And I'm with you. Like, that's one of, that's probably the one of, you know, my favorites that and death in his grave, like mm-hmm. death in his grave hit me as, as well. But, those songs really, those type of songs and, and just the instrumentation, it just brings something different out of me. So I, I approach those from more of a po- poetic standpoint. Like, um, yeah, and, and I usually, you know, there's usually not one version. There's usually, you know, there's a draft. I, I approach those 
more so like I'm writing a script for a movie. Wow. Um, and you know, because the, the wit, you know, if it's wit, you know, I view him as the, he's the director. He's the, he, he, he has this vision in mind. He's going to make this thing come to life. So it's like, how can I, how can I help with my, with my writing? So, you know, there may be a first draft, second draft, third draft, fourth draft, fifth draft, whatever it takes to get, to get the point across and to marry it up. Um, that's what, you know, that's what it has to be done. So I just, I just approach it like that. Like I'm writing a movie. This may, this word may be taken out. You know, I remember the first time with <laughs> did that to me. It was kind of, I had never had that happen to me before. It was like, maybe you should change this here, change that there. And uh, it caught me off guard. But then I realized what was taking place. And it was like, man, like they want greatness. Like it, it doesn't, like you are a tool, you're an instrument. Like I, he's an instrument and we, you know, we're trying to get to a finished product. Like, so, you know, that's, that's how I approach that. It's like, man, we're, we're a team. We're trying to get to a finished product. I set my personal, you know, you know, ideas as far as, you know, stuff that I had in the past, I set that to the side and, and I just, I go hard for what the cause is and what, what the vision is. Man, that's, that's really, really cool. Uh, do you think you'll do any more work in uh, worship music? Yeah, absolutely, man. I really, I have an idea to to put together all of the the songs that because uh, I've done a couple, a few other things with some other churches, um, and some stuff just on my, you know, my on my projects that were like worship based, um, and I really want to put together a project that's you know that's all worship styles you know but like i said from a poetic standpoint and bring in you know different singers and, and really do it the right way yeah so that's something i, I definitely want to it's in my heart to do i've been you know talking about it for years uh but i just need to you know put it on paper and, and get to it for sure that's awesome man um well, hey, just kind of wrapping up the creative process here, what would you say to someone out there maybe wanting to get into the music industry or someone that's kind of struggling creatively right now? What advice as a as a seasoned artist would you give them? Um, I, I would say, like I said earlier, speak your truth. Um, like, speak, speak your truth. Like, we all have a, a, a journey. And if I'm speaking, you know, specifically to, to those that are trying to get into the music industry. Um, the, the only way that you're really going to be able to cut through is to speak from your journey, from your experience and trust that journey and experience. Uh, it may seem like early on that no one is listening, um, because you only have five people that are gravitating towards your music. But trust me, if you're if you're speaking your truth and talking about your journey, that number is going to grow and grow. It's just a matter of exposure because it, it's just the inevitable. Like, I mean, we are all connected. You know, God is about community. And he, as human beings, we are connected, whether we like it or not. We see someone crying because they lost a loved one. We feel that same pain when we see that we're human, um, when we hear about it, you know, the same way we, we feel that same pain. So we are all connected. So if you just stick to that and, and don't get caught up in the, the gimmicks and, you know, trying to get fame and trying to get money and just stick to your truth, you know, you'll cut through, you'll cut through. That's really good. Dre, uh, unfortunately, we're out of time. Hopefully, we'll be able to talk again soon. Uh, hey, if anybody wants to get in touch with you, whether to book or for a feature, um, what's the best way to go about it? Um, they can email me at bookdremurray at gmail.com uh, or, you know, I'm on the internet at dremurray22 <laughs> for everything. You got it, man. Dre, thanks so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it, man. Yes, sir. Thank you, brother. Got, 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 got this look on your face like you knew that. Looking out at the earth like I roll at. Then you ran through that money and you blew that. See the God of the sun until I move back. Yelling who that? He ain't no king. No ruler here. I pull them strings. Whom shall 
door and make sure that them people know my face Yeah, I'm hungry for my death, dying just to get a taste When it's time to let this life go, just know I'm God here Make sure my goal's on me, tell my story when I'm gone, homie Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to the Creative Sheep Podcast today. Hey, why don't you do this for us? If you could, if you enjoyed this podcast, leave us a review on iTunes, hit subscribe. Hey, maybe send us uh, electronic mail. What's the, If they want to send us an email. I know people don't do it that much anymore. Not much. What's the address? They, they can email me directly. Jared, J-A-R-E-D, at creativesheep.org. Jared at creativesheep.org. Absolutely. Absolutely do that. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Or you can follow us online at creative underscore sheep. Uh, in this fast-paced world of communication, um, we got to have a way to connect, and it is that, at creative underscore sheep. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're out there. Thank you all so much for listening. Without you, there would be no reason to do this. Thank you. That's right. See you later.